Hi, good afternoon. Welcome to the marketplace. Coming up, former finance minister said Tegbe cautions government against celebrating the achievement of the first phase of the International Monetary Fund program, saying there's still a long way to go to revive the economy. But the other reason why we have to be cautionary in thinking that we are making much progress is we are yet, you know, to sign off on the external debt exchange, you know, program. You know, that is also a header which the government has to clear. Also coming up, pharmaceutical company Danex Items Starwin PLC hopeful gradual recovery of the economy this year will help the company increase its profits. If you look at the profit that we made at an earnings after tax level for the first half year actually exceeds the loss that we made last year. So that gives us the confidence that if nothing untoward happens between July and December, then we should come out at the end of December 2023 with a positive result. And banks who scale down on lending because of the current economic environment. If you are a bank and you are bullish on loans, mm -hmm. um, you may be taking quite significant risks mm -hmm. because of where the market rates are and very good businesses can be can struggle. My name is Daryl Kwa. Thanks for being with us. Details coming up. And first up, former finance minister said Tekwe is cautioning the government against celebrating the achievement of the first phase of the International Monetary Fund program. According to him, there are still major challenges in the economy such as high inflation and interest rates, and therefore celebrating the narrowing of the primary balance by the government is not ideal or the way to go. This is because it is the least target Ghana must achieve, according to the IMF. Speaking to Joy Business, Mr. Tekwe said the government must not be complacent, but rather work hard to revive the economy, particularly ensure the country's debt is sustainable. So the point is to look to the medium-term goals, you know, given the trajectory we have to, you know, traverse, which is, you know, the, the path we have to, to tread, because the, the, the time it will take, you know, and I think the government itself has stated that it will take us up to 20, what, 27 or what, 20, 30 something to bring, to make that sustainable, right? So you don't take, you know, a little drop in the deficit, a little drop, in, you know, uh, in, the, uh, in the deficit, in debt, in exchange rate, in inflation, when you have set yourself those goals. So I think we should look at a medium term and not to long term goal. Now, the other reason why we have to be cautionary in thinking that we are making much progress is we are yet, you know, to sign off on the standard exchange, you know, program. You know, that is also a header which the government has to clear, which in their most optimistic, you know, uh, estimation, as was said in a media review, is November. All right. And that is the middle of reading the budget. We're preparing the budget, the next budget, and after the first year review. So in summary, I would wait for the first year review. 
I would wait for the nice, you know, that would come from that review and going into the uh, 2024 budget to come to any firm conclusion, you know, as to short, you know, term gains that we may have made. If you look at what the government has agreed to do in the first review, uh, the main one is the primary balance, which I mentioned. The other ones are a strategy for expenditure, a strategy, the especially use is either a strategy or, you know, a, a, a cabinet approval, you know, of, you know, either a strategy or some framework, you know, for, you know, revenue, expenditure, debt management, and, you know, but we are a country where, if you talk about expenditure and management, and you could see expressly stated that this has to conform to giftness. This has to conform to, you know, sustainable arrears. Yeah, these were things which the Mama administration had already started doing. You know, you know, we had the giftness program, which was to go to phase two, which is the semi-accrual portion, you know, which would have tamed arrears. Now we are being asked after seven or so years to go back and do that. We had finished the automation of customs, you know, and moving to a phase two. Mr. Tekwe added that it is too early for Ghana's allies from the international community to be singing the praises of the government. I think it's a bit too hurried, especially for our friends from the international community to be singing our praises. And it will be equivalent. I'm not saying that there hasn't been any success whatsoever in terms of the injection, the injections or injection, you know, of foreign exchange by the multilateral institutions, in particular, into the economy to try and stabilize the situation. Particularly, significant flows of COVID during the COVID period, about six billion, which is six times what we have always used to turn around the economy. Remember, no government had done, you know, a, a turnaround of the economy using more than one billion. Yeah. So even no matter how severe, you know, COVID would be over <clears throat> the global financial crisis, which was the last major crisis, you know, for which the Ms. Mahama administration used, you know, coming out of the Kufu administration, you know, used barely, you know, one or twice the amount. So that itself, together with any remember how that money is supposed to have gone into resolving an economy which we, we are told was solid pre-COVID. The fund has already said there are pre-existing conditions. The thoughts of uh, former finance minister said Tekwe on their IMF program so far. Well, let's turn to other news. Inflationary pressures and the depreciation of the city in 2022 had adverse effects on the profits of many institutions, according to chief executive of leading pharmaceutical company Danex Items Towing PLC, Daniel Apiojekisi. The gradual recovery of the economy this year will help the company to increase its profits. You're speaking at the annual general meeting of the company. 
Pharmaceutical giant Danex Aiton Stowin PLC says it remained resolute in restoring profitability after it achieved a revenue of a little over 95 million Ghana cities in 2022, surpassing the over 74 million Ghana cities recorded in 2021. The company, however, recorded exchange losses of about 9.1 million cities in 2022. According to Chief Executive Officer Daniel Apiejekisi, they are confident of increasing profit this year. Last year's results as we have indicated in our um, annual report, we're largely driven by currency depreciation and inflation, and to some extent, depression of um, consumer demand. Now, many of these parameters and these variables have become less oppressive in, in, in the year that we're talking about, which is 2023, and therefore that has reflected in the first half-year results which we've published already, and if you look at the profit that we made at an earnings after tax level for the first half year, actually it exceeds the loss that we made last year. So that gives us the confidence that if nothing untoward happens between July and December, then we should come out at the end of December 2023 with a positive result. Board chair of the company, Nick Amate Fio, noted that the company remains resilient in serving consumers and shareholders. The company has implemented a robust system to protect its employees, assets, and environment. The company's board of directors is fully committed to good corporate governance principles and high standards, and will continue to implement effective operational controls to protect the interests of the shareholders. Danex Eisenstein PLC has established the four essential board committees mandated by the 2020 Corporate Governance Code for listed companies. These committees include the Audit Committee, Risk Committee, Dominating Committee, and Remuneration Committee. The company also reiterated its commitment towards providing consumers with the best products. Now, banks have indicated that they will be more cautious and scale down on lending because of the current economic environment. It follows revelations that commercial banks are now struggling to recover loans. Chief Executive of the Ghana Association of Banks, Johnny Wa, however, says good projects and deals will not suffer. He spoke on PM Express Business Edition. If you are a bank and you are bullish on loans, Mm -hmm. um, you may be taking quite significant risks Mm -hmm. because of where the market rates are and very good businesses can be can struggle Mm -hmm. during periods such as this and that is why we are working Mm -hmm. together to ensure that you know we get the rates in the right Mm -hmm. you know kind of um, uh, you all all have to be concerned from you that when it comes to the loans you are now being so cautious now than ever before because of the fact that if it's not handled well Things could affect you. Um, of course, we we, we, we we are cautious. We want to um, make sure we do not unduly leverage the balance sheet in a manner that um, uh, uh, you, you, you sanction loans today and tomorrow you are having to um, um, write them off. Mm. Uh, we want to lend, or the industry wants to lend, but in a more secure, in more safe. Um, um, a manner in a manner that does not unduly open mm-hmm. the industry to rest. And in times like these, you need to work with your bank in a, you know, closely mm-hmm. in a manner that um, your demands are better understood by the, 
-hmm. and perhaps the product delivery is made in a uh, in a manner that also synchronizes with the exact requirement so you do not unduly also over leverage yourself because mm -hmm. in times like this the tendency is to borrow and borrow mm -hmm. but perhaps this is the time to really look at your f your your liquidity profile mm -hmm. and try to understand exactly mm -hmm. what you need maybe it's cost you need to begin saving so you don't unduly also um, 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 increase your your, your risk profile. All right, in financial economists are there at the Akentina Piamika University of Skills, Training and Entrepreneurial Development, Amstead, has advised students and staff to look beyond the academic qualifications in their quest to create wealth, addressing a gathering at the Wealth Entrepreneurship and Career Mentoring Summit at the university. Dr. Evans Dia said academic qualifications should only serve as stepping stones, but not the source of wealth, rather the knowledge and how you harness it. Mahmoud Mohamed Nuruddin was there in our reports. School around the age of about 25 years, let's assume, then the person has 35 years to work. Now, 35 times 10,000 is given as $350,000, right? Right? Are we getting the maths? This money is still not up to one post by Neymar given to him by Saudi Arabia. How many years do you spend at medical school? Six? And you do two years of housemanship? Dr. Evans Duya says his observations over the years have led him to the conclusion that wealth creation is not necessarily tied to educational certificates. He cites footballer Neymar's significant earnings despite lacking a formal education as an example. So he spends he spent six years at school, two years, and then he end up spending another 12 years to specialize. Let's say the longest. Now that's 20 years. And after all of that, this person cannot make one post of Neymar. Now, does that mean that Neymar is overpriced? No, he's not. And that's a secret that I need all of us to know. And one of the things that I discovered is that wealth has nothing to do with your certificates. Otherwise, Neymar, who has no degree, will not be having a post worth the entire lifetime of a career medical doctor. Do we agree to that? So it means that there is more to it than we see. How do we do that? Dr. Dia speaks of self-made trailblazers who harnessed innovation and strategy to shape their own destinies by making good use of time, value, leverage, velocity, among others. And the amazing thing is that time is the greatest equalizer for both the rich and the poor. And I need you to understand this thing. Now what the rich has understood with time is a secret I need all of us to understand. The rich will buy your time to make money for themselves. And the poor will give their time to make money for themselves. So I visited a friend in New Jersey and then he showed me some of the rich guys. 11 a.m. They were playing golf. 11 a.m. They were playing golf. The following day, they were playing golf. The next day, they were playing golf. And these are the richest guys. Meanwhile, just across New Jersey to New York, there's Russia. 
people rushing, catching up the metro, and going to work. Accra leaves by plan. Go and see Accra. Get to Kejitia, get to Makola. The main thing that we need all of us to understand is this. You are not here forever. Dr. Dia has conducted workshops that ignited flames of curiosity, inviting the public to share their stories. As the summit concluded, the air was thick with inspiration. The resonance of Dr. Dia's message lingered in the minds of attendees. The Dia Mentoring Club 100 program annually mentors 100 young individuals aged 18 to 40 in areas like leadership, wealth creation, career direction, among others. Participants such as Cynthia and Robert Ousu are now resolute in their commitment to being beneficial and make a positive impact in people's life. My name is Cynthia Sangapari. I'm a teacher by profession, I'm a baker, and I'm a training consultant with Edify Ghana with the education department. I was part of um, the GS Mentoring Club 100. 2023 and today was our graduation so, and this life is all about impact the monies we make the accolades that we get if you are not impacting lives it means our lives are not worth living so i've learned that from here i'm going home with the fact that i'm supposed to build a life of impact in no matter small way or wherever i find myself i should make sure that whatever i'm doing or whatever i'm earning it should be able to build somebody's life i should be um, a source of wealth or a source of life to others so literally this summit is, is just the ending part of it we've learned a lot of things through this TDM mentorship training today we've learned a lot we've learned how to be bold in taking the steps that most people are afraid to take a report by Mohamed Nuruddin and you're watching the marketplace. We've been talking a lot about artificial intelligence lately on this program. So what is both fascinating and sometimes scary about artificial intelligence is its capacity to replicate certain human abilities, pushing boundaries beyond human capabilities. AI's defining characteristic now lies in its capability to mimic human behavior. However, it's vital to remember that every stride taken in machine learning and large language models is shaped by human decisions regarding the optimal use of this technology. In this context, Time Magazine has introduced its roster of trailblazers from around the world and culture journalists with myjohnline.com, Kenneth Oshidako is here to help us understand what the Time Magazine's 100 AI means in the showbiz space in another edition of our all-new segment, Show Business. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Hope you've had a great week. Yeah. Oh, so tell, tell us about this um, uh, 100 AI list that Time Magazine has put out. So we know periodically the Time Magazine puts out a list of trailblazers doing you know, amazing things in various sectors. So I think somewhere in June they decided to do a cover issue with uh, the CEO who is the, the CEO of uh, OpenAI, mm -hmm. the, the, the company that does the ChatGPT application and then he himself you know talked about how the prospects of um, machine learning and artificial intelligence had like a very bright future so around that same time there were some conversations ongoing there were interviews you know um you know the time magazine was actually surfing around looking for people doing great things with artificial intelligence in the various spaces that is what we have today as the time 100 AI that is we're currently talking about. So I'm sure everybody watching is wondering what has this got to do with showbiz? We've got an answer? Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it has, because seeing that we're on, you know, 
this this show, we have to talk some numbers. <laughs> I mean, um, so um, the global artificial intelligence market, mm-hmm. as of this year, was valued at about a hundred billion dollars, and it has been projected that in about in the year 2030 is going to be, you know, in 24. I mean, it's going to be about two trillion dollars, and so it's a very big market that's there for the taking. And if we come back in Africa, for instance, to look at our entertainment sector and how it's valued, as of 2022, it was estimated that um, the uh, the value of the industry basically was about somewhere around 60 million dollars. Uh, and so, if you compare 60 million dollars to the about um, the the one that the artificial, the artificial intelligence globally mm-hmm. is making as of this year, you realize that there's a lot that you know, if taken advantage of, is going to be very beneficial to the entertainment sphere when it comes to Africa as well. Yeah, and you know, I indicated that. I mean, there's a lot of talk about AI, but we, I don't know, rarely hear people talk about AI and showbiz. So, how useful is this tool in the showbiz industry? So, um, it's good that you mentioned that because one of the persons on the uh, Times 100 AI list is mm-hmm. a certain young lady who is a musician, basically, and then. Uh, she does. She's a, she's a Spaniard, right? She's, she's from Spain. So she does music in her own language. She can't speak Arabic. She can't speak any other language. But to be able to address that, she's using artificial intelligence to duplicate her work in various other languages. That's interesting. So if you like, she has a, it's like a digital twin of herself. And oh. so if no matter the language that you speak, no matter the country you're coming from, you can log on to her platform and then be able to hear her perform some of her music in your language. And so that's another income, you know, stream for her as well. And so that is what um, people elsewhere are looking at. And for that reason, she has also made it onto that particular list. I mean, there were concerns initially, I think, uh, about I mean, AI mimicking the, the, the voices of some of the, for instance, musicians that we know. I mean, that is still a threat, yeah, isn't it? Still, yeah, it's, it still is. But for artists here in Ghana, I mean, what's in it for them is artificial intelligence. So artificial intelligence, basically, when it comes to the generative AI, for instance, it allows you know, a wide range of things. For those who are conversant with ChatGPT, you can mm-hmm. have a fair idea of the quantum of work that that application can do. And that's been replicated in other technologies. For instance, um, if you are into movies, right, there is a way to cut costs when you want to help, get some help in terms of your, your, your script writing. Artificial intelligence can help you with that. When it comes to budgeting, there's something that they can also do in that regard. So there are so many spaces within the art ecosystem. And it's not mm-hmm. just limited to uh, movies or music. There are so many other spheres and even outside. And how can they capitalize space. on that? Because at the end of the day, they want to make money, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's it's those like I mentioned. Those are some of the things that they can you know take advantage of to get to to, to capitalize on it. But there are other spheres as well. I mean, if you go into you know for musicians, if you want to write a, a, a song, there is a way that other applications can help you do that. And there are other big technologies coming up that are helping people who are not producers or people who are not inclined in the technical aspect of things be able to just input a command and allow the application to do its own thing. And so their prospects are wide. I think it makes sense that people are raising concerns that it might be, you know, the, the, the age of doom for the... the do you the, think so? I, I do not entirely think so. I mean, it, it depends on the hands that this software falls into, just like any other technology. It can be good depending on who is handling it. And that is the reason why people have advocated that there should be some sort of regulation when it comes to the governmental side of things that they can lease with maybe international bodies who are also working in that same space mm. to help people ethically implement some of these you know, measures. Well, we still continue to explore the benefits or otherwise of artificial intelligence, but a great insight, um, artificial intelligence showbiz 
I mean, of course, that's the, 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 the new <laughs> normal, or is that yeah, what yeah, you call exactly, it? That's exactly. the future. And so we have to embrace this um, one way or the other. Thank you so much, uh, Kenneth Archidako, culture no journalist, always here with us on Friday to talk show business. Well, let's turn to other news now. As part of measures to mitigate the impact of climate change on human health in various ways, a coastal community resilience to climate and diarrheal project says it is poised to build resilience and improve diarrheal management in coastal communities. According to research fellow at the Noguchi Memorial Institute, Professor George Ama, this is key to improved knowledge on community-based diarrheal management and response to climate hazards. He spoke to Joy Business at the annual steering committee meeting. The Coastal Community Resilience to Climate and Diarrhea Project aims to generate long-term data series to model the interactions between climatic, hydrological, environmental, institutional and social cultural determinants of diarrhea. Professor Ama said this will aid in assessing climatic and non-climatic determinants of diarrheal disease in coastal communities in Ghana and understand how they impact on diarrheal transmission. Uh, diarrhea is one of the major challenges in our, uh, in our communities in our countries. Uh, it affects both children and also affects adults. Uh, the the uh, different pathways in which people come down with diarrhea different pathogens that also involve diarrhea. And so what we're trying to do is to understand these pathways, but then using the uh, coastal population. So that Why do you need a coastal population? Because these are the people who are being really affected with the climate change that is going on, right? And understanding the, uh, the pathway will help us to put in intervention programs that will help in ameliorating this issue of diarrhea disease in the communities. Project co-lead Dr. Peter Sorensen explained the rationale behind the collaboration, indicating that it aids in understanding the transmission pathways of diarrhea in coastal communities. Uh, I am uh, collaborating uh, with the University of Ghana because they are very high-skilled researchers, actually, so we can make a kind of equal collaboration. It's, it is very... Um, inspiring to have a project and then come here and then participate in the, in the discussions and be close to the fieldwork that is undergoing here uh, and um, also the inter intercultural aspects is uh, because researchers are cross-culture on the other hand there are some cultural issues when you are coming from Scandinavian and then collaborate with the institute here so it's very inspiring and the study will focus on communities found along the eastern and central coastline of the country, which are the most vulnerable to sea level rise and flooding incidents. All right, and that's our program uh, this afternoon. Thanks for watching, everyone. Uh, before we go, just uh, checking out some of our headlines on our website, myjoinline.com forward slash business as we head into the weekend. Uh, support empower emerging economies to thrive. I mean, Adam, to develop countries. Um, that's one of the stories there. Can we do another story? Yep. Uh, government announces settlement of dollar-denominated uh, DDEP. You can get more on that, myjoinline.com forward slash business. My name is Daryl Kwao. Thanks for watching. Uh, Marketplace returns same time next week.